Hello, and welcome to That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This is a bonus episode about assessment sight reading. My name is Bobby Lambert. I'm a partner at Dynamic Marching and director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Before listening to this episode, you should check out the two previous episodes concerning assessment. The first concerns two weeks before festival, while the next pertains to a week before, the day of, and the day after. I believe those are very important to listen to before going into this specific episode on sight reading. I didn't intend this portion to be its own episode, but it kept growing, and to make it clearer, I wanted to set it aside and give it its own box so that people could return to it easily and refresh as often as they like. With that being said, let's jump right into this episode on contest sight reading. Moving awkwardly in a single file line through a hallway to wait for their turn at sight reading. They're reacting to the performance. They're pretending to not be nervous. The more obnoxious ones are standing in line saying things that start with, Hey, I bet you I can fill in the blank. And you are sweating bullets. Many put great weight on the sight reading portion of festival. In fact, some feel it's the truest test of instrumental education. The truth is, it's a skill that must be acquired, refined, and repeated. Nothing more. I feel strongly about systems in my teaching, as you've heard from my other podcasts. In our program at Wando, I feel sight reading is one of the most important. However, it is one people normally fear. I have never been taught how to sight read individually or as an ensemble. I've just been told to do it. Having a system of sight reading for individuals is paramount. If that's not in place, little else will work. However, it is not the best system for ensemble reading. Individual sight reading systems are wonderful for solo ensemble uh, sight reading or for auditions, but ensemble reading requires vertical alignment at the very least and horizontal direction at the very best. And what do I mean by that? The students have to be able to not only assess and process the information from the page, but they have to process and be aware of the sounds that are coming from around the other people. So how do we do that? Well, listen further and I'll tell you how I do it. We'll get right back to Bobby in a moment. Just wanted to let you know that this podcast is coming to you ad-free. One way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com and purchasing products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web, on things like shoes and rifles and even mega boxes. You'll definitely also want to check out our online courses and videos as well. These have helped thousands of band directors with pedagogy and music and marching fundamentals. Back to you, Bobby. So you're ready to sight read. I'm going to begin with this piece of incredibly valuable advice. No matter what happened on stage, this sight reading experience is a complete reset for you and the kids. I've seen kids have a wonderful stage performance and then choke at sight reading and then vice versa. Keep the kids calm in between. Maybe think about trying this in the hallway, call and response rhythm games. You call out something such as one and a two and three, four, and they tizzle it back. Or just do a simple rhythm and have them call it back to you. Keep yourself calm between the performance and sight reading. Any nerves you have will be amplified. Trust in your system. 
If you have one established, there will be much lower pressure. If you don't, unfortunately, there'll be great pressure. Now, how do we build a sight reading system? The big point I want you to take away from this is it's about hitting the peaks and valleys rather than every step. I've seen some directors begin at measure one and simply tizzle, clap, or sing the whole way through. They never get more than halfway through and they fall apart several times. This breeds a lack of confidence, which is the worst thing they can experience before the sight reading begins officially. You have the best shot at staying together if you look for problems, address them, and set them up for feeling good about having an overview to the piece. So here's a better way to say that, and here are the steps in order. Step one, control and monitor time. Step two, individual work for the students and teacher, i.e. find landmines. Step three, disarm landmines. Step four, create landmarks. Going right into step one, control and monitor time. Determine the exact amount of time you have to look at the score. Some places will allow you to look at the score while the students get the folders and others will not. Ask specifically if you're unsure. We'll get to what to do with the extra time in just a moment. But for now, have a stopwatch or a phone with a timer with you. Do not simply trust the judges. The reason I say this is because a watched pot never boils. It's an axiom for a reason. Having the time right in front of you allows you to always be aware and in control. Let's use the example of having five minutes for a sight reading amount of time. In our state, we cannot count rhythms aloud for the students. We can have them sing or tizzle as much as we want. I'm going to use those rules as I feel like they're the most restrictive. Now, let me say this. I don't believe that they're incorrect. I think those are actually really fine rules, but rather they have the least flexibility and demand. And if you can do that, you can sight read in any conditions that you want to do. So step one, like I said, control time. Step two, A, individual work for the students, finding landmines. Give the students up to one minute and a half to two minutes of individual tizzle and scanning time. The older they are, the more time they can handle. I feel having multiple eyes on the piece will make it sure I don't miss anything, and I have before. I missed a retardando on the final measure of a page. I was so focused on a page term. As we were going through it, the students pointed it out to me, and I had missed it. Give them 30 seconds all the way up to two-minute updates letting them know where they are. So let them know every 30 seconds, every minute, every minute and 30 seconds, and every two minutes. Let them know their progress. They should know that they're in different parts of the piece. When you give them the halfway mark, they should be halfway through the music. Step 2B, individual work for the teacher, finding landmines. During the time the students are doing their individual work and before they begin to play, if you're allowed, go through with post-it notes and mark things that affect the entire ensemble, such as number one, timing changes, tempo changes, or meter changes. Number two, key changes. Number three, roadmaps, a coda, repeat signs, DSL signe, da capo. Number four, 2D volume changes. Number five, 2D rhythms. Number six, places where percussion may become lost such as long periods of rest, retardando, fermatas, tempo changes that they control, such as coming in underneath a long note from the winds. 
And number seven, the ending. Check those seven issues specifically. I place a post-it note at each place close to the edge of the page and close to the actual issues so that I can easily find it and see where it's coming as I go through the sight reading process. Step three, disarming landmines. This is from minute 215 on. I'll work those issues that I found. I'll begin with the introduction just to establish key, time, and style. Then move on to the end and show where we end in regards to key and time. So I start maybe the first eight measures and then look at the last eight measures. Nothing in between just yet. Often, it's the same, but I want to make sure and let the kids know the beginning is the same as the ending or is different. I'll make a note of the title as it can sometimes give the students a better idea of the style than can the style markings themselves. Sometimes after I complete the introduction and ending comparison with the kids, I'll begin with the end of the piece rather than be the beginning. I feel if the ending is solid, I leave a great impression with the judges. I also feel that the students will remember the first and last things I say. If the ending has anything tricky at all, I want to go through it first. I'll then go back to the beginning and go sequentially through hitting the seven issues that we've done during that individual workout time. I'm going to point out the melody in each section so that the students can be listening for it. Now, that's really important because it provides scaffolding. Alert, alert, education word here. That scaffolding allows something the students can hang their interpretations on and give kind of a roadmap to what's coming up ahead. When I say that the trumpets have the melody in measure 24, others may not remember that, but the trumpets will, and they know it's their time to shine at measure 24. This way, they're seeing everything twice before we read it. They see it in their individual time, and then as we have done it together in finding and disarming those landmines. Step four, creating landmarks. If we determine all the landmines, We'll then do a quick review and be ready to go. We've turned those landmines now into landmarks. In as few words as possible, I'll do a general review, which will sound something like this. Forte at the beginning. Dotted quarter notes in measure four. Diminuendo in 12. Ritardando in 32. Key change to E flat at measure 46. Remember A flat concert, everybody. Legato style here. Play expressively. Check out the Accelerando at measure 64. Percussion, you and I need to be very much on the same page and with eye contact right there. At measure 81, change over to 3-4 time. At the very end, everyone plays 1, 3, and 4 and holds the last note. Nobody plays on count 2. Now I realize this sounds like a lot and gives the students great power. I also realized that in doing this, I haven't gone straight through the entire piece sight reading directly until we actually sight read officially. I came to the system after volunteering for several years in sight reading rooms at festivals. I found that people who read the best did the least, or it felt as if they did. The truth is, they had done a great deal outside this moment to prepare. The kids had read every day for weeks preparing for this. They had a system in place. Now, I've seen several different systems, and most of them work. The students felt at ease when they were just repeating a task they had done many times before. 
The worst readers were the ones I could tell that had not sight-read often, but more importantly, they didn't know what to do during the entire sight-reading process. They tended to begin at measure one and try to sing or tizzle. This broke down by measure eight after the introduction when a melody arose. Since no one knew who had the melody, no one knew where to listen. All that sounds great, but how do you really prepare for this? What do you need to do in your band room this week? We each day try to read something, anything. If you can read literature, that is best. But you know what? You can actually make a game out of this. Game number one, my melody. Half students go through step one through four, as we talked about above, about landmines and landmarks, but do not point out the melody. Then have students begin the sight reading, and after an introduction, everybody plays usually the first four measures or eight measures, have only those who feel they have any part of the melodic rhythm play. Now, if they have harmony, that's okay. But if some sections feel they have portions of the melody, they should only play those portions. Depending on the grade level, the exposition is usually flute, clarinet, and trumpet with the melody the first time, and the second time it may move to the horn and saxophone or go right to the low brass. Then there's usually a development section where the melody comes right back to the higher voices, and then a return to the exposition, just like it was in the beginning, and finish. Game number two, brass versus woodwinds. Pick two pieces. Now this is important because it needs to be fair. Go through steps one through four, landmines and landmarks. Then only the woodwinds and percussion will sight read. Have the brass critique. Next, have the brass sight read with percussion, and the woodwinds respond with a critique. I notice that this isn't fair, as the brass have already heard what it's going to be. So you have to do a second piece where the brass must read first. Now also notice the percussion play both times. This is intentional. I find that percussion usually need the most practice when it comes to sight reading with an ensemble, so you're doubling their experience with this game. Game number three, ultimate challenge. Choose a piece and go through steps one through four, landmarks, landmines. You as the director go through and write a number one through five in the score at three different locations. To begin easily, put those numbers near tempo changes or 2D volume changes. To create difficulty, don't use those places, just pick randomly. During the sight reading, when you reach the three locations of the music you identified with numbers, show that number with your left hand using your fingers for exactly two measures. Just hold them up in the air. Hold it in a normal conducting position as if you were showing a crescendo or holding a note. At the end of the piece, immediately have the students close their eyes. While closed, ask them to lift high in the air your first number that you showed them. See how many caught it. Do the same with the second and third number. Now, I love this game because the biggest problem students have is looking up during sight reading. This game challenges the students to watch the conductor in a really cool and fun way. And secondly, it gets them accustomed to monitoring you and the music equally. They can go back and forth. It makes something that's really difficult, very approachable, and workable. They can improve a skill which is often thought unfixable. Now, I realize this is a great deal, but for anyone who has stood in front of a band for sight reading and felt utterly hopeless and helpless, as I have, this is child's play, and it's worth it. Whatever I had to do to never feel that again, I wanted to do. 
I still literally have nightmares of that moment standing there in my second year of teaching, feeling overwhelmed and not knowing how to help my students while they looked at me with sad, pitiful eyes. I truly hope something in this whole process can help you as a director come to a more peaceful, confident, and fulfilled place when it comes to concert assessment and especially sight reading. My name is Bobby Lambert, and I hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode of That Band Life.